Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Uh, boys, I feel like it's gloomy everywhere we are uh, today, even in our own emotions. So uh, Ron is back off the road. I can hear the sadness in his voice uh, at being at home. And Pipe, you and I are where it's uh, where it's raining so heavily that we're considering like just making arcs out of our houses and floating away. So uh, a, little, a little gloom today, boys. But uh, you know what makes me not gloomy is thinking about all the sponsor money that's flowing our way because of all the sponsors we have. Uh, so, Piper, why don't you tell us about who some of those people are? There are so many sponsors. And before the listeners tune out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them our new sponsor because I know the listeners yeah. tune out for this stuff. So our newest sponsor is IVP Books uh, with particularly the title Disruptive Witness by Alan Noble. Um, I actually read this book. He asked me to endorse it. I don't know if they used the endorsement or not. Um, mm. I said nice things, so I hope they did. But it's a really, really good book. Um, so it's a book about essentially overcoming the distractions of uh, the the flood of digital everything in our lives. So he has this great excer- excerpt in chapter one where he just basically describes from the minute he wakes up till the minute he goes to bed and how every minute is inundated with something. You know, there's yeah his iPhone is his alarm clock, and then there's he's watching ESPN while he's making breakfast for the kids. Then he's listening to something in the car. Then he's checking scores, you know, uh, on his computer while he works, etc. He's a professor like you, Ted. So uh, mm. I feel like you you guys should have a little solidarity there. And, Absolutely. And so, but the thing is, when you read it, you're like, that's exactly like my day. But the so yeah. the book is about. What what role should that play in our lives? How is it affecting our witness for Christ? How is it useful to us? How is it harmful to us? How do we even pay attention to it? But it's not like a heavy-handed guilty book, you know, in 12, yeah. 12, 12 Steps to Not Let Technology Take Over Your Life. And it's not one of those books about sort of, you know, becoming Amish or something like that. Mm. So he's a really good so it's writer. Not, it's really. not a crossway book then. It's IVP. Uh, yes, nor is, it, yeah, nor is it one of those, you know, it's not like one of those escape it all move to you know move to central pennsylvania or central ohio not that there's anything wrong with central ohio run absolutely jeez jeez central ohio is where ron spends three weeks every year (laughs) (laughs) but it's so it it's it's a book about distractions and generally more of a book about paying attention though like paying attention to who we are supposed to be what is the influence on us um so the book is Disruptive Witness. The author is Alan Noble. He's also a fun follow on Twitter. He's a big NBA fan. Uh, so I have lots of fun making fun of Russell Westbrook to him because he's an Oklahoma Thunder fan. So uh, huh. he's, a, he's, a, he's a good hang. He's a, he's a good read. And the book is really helpful, really thoughtful, and very timely. Go pick it up. Disrupt, uh, Disruptive Witness from IVP. Uh, our Dude, other spot- I have a question. I have yes. a question real quick, man. What- Fire away. Dude, I don't really get the title. I get what's the witness part. I'm of with you, title? Ron. I'm with oh, you. you. Okay, yeah, I suss that out. Yeah. You know what? I have something here. With the question asked of the author is, why is your book titled "Disruptive Witness"? Is that what you're asking, Ron? I think so. I think so. Oh, okay. it's one of those. It's one of those Q and A sheets that comes with the the promo copy, right? You know what? This publisher provided me with gold on this stuff because it wasn't Dude, just like, great. hey, here's a paragraph of copy. Like here's. Here's yeah, an yeah, excerpt. Yeah. Here's stuff that the author says about his own book. So in this is the nice. this is Alan Noble's words on why the book is titled that. I'll Sweet. just read it because he's smarter than me. 
Uh, Every Christian is called to bear witness to their faith, to give a ready answer for the hope within us. But how we bear that witness is determined by the needs of our time. This book tries to evaluate the particular challenges to bearing faith in a contemporary world. Specifically, I consider the way secularism and technology, uh, the technology of distraction, create barriers to belief for most modern people. These barriers are not usually overcome with better arguments, but by offering a, and here's the key word, disruptive witness, one that unsettles the listener's assumptions about God and encourages them to be contemplative rather than distracted. So it's it's disrupting the norm. So mm-hmm. that's the idea, is to offer a witness that disrupts and rattles sort of the normal, mundane way of going about things. Wow. Dude, a little uh, a little above and beyond promo for this. So there's like yeah, one definitely. there's like one guy on our campus, faculty wise, that I'm like semi intimidated by. He's like this really impressive like uh, philosophy prof. He does like bioethics, and he's a really good dude too. Just like a really amazing dude. He's he's a little bit older than me, probably maybe 20 years older. But uh, I was in his office the other day, feeling a little bit nervous, like chatting with him, and he had this book on his desk, and it registered to me like, oh. Like I semi kind of know that author, um, and that's that's pretty impressive that he made it to Doctor Ben Mitchell's desk. So, tip of the tip of the distressed hipster cap to you, Alan Noble, and uh, everybody should read the book because if it's good enough for Ben Mitchell, it's good enough for all of you. Uh, Pipe, tell us about our second. I, I do uh, feel sponsor. like I do feel like Alan Noble deserves one. As we often do, the, we discuss the aesthetic of the authors of these books. So let me give a yeah. quick rundown on this. Yeah, he do that. Is, he is 100% literature professor. Okay. He wears sweater vests under blazers with Argyle ties. And yeah. he wears like a newsboy cap. And he has a beard, <laughs> but not like a, not like a, uh, like a lumberjack beard, but like a, yeah. a very full beard that's very nicely trimmed. And he keeps his head shaved uh, because yeah. he has male pattern baldness. Um, Good and for he, him. So, so he, is, he is fully into the... The aesthetic of literature professor. My, understand, question, my understanding is he's also a really good professor too. Would I hate him if we taught at the same college? Would he be like a, like nemesis territory for me? Oh no, he's totally okay. unassuming, cool to hang out with. Nice. Uh, if nice. he would be the kind of guy you would pop by his office to chat, um, and you would just walk in and say something like, "I think James Harden should have won the MVP," just to watch his hackles go up, and then you'd have a really yeah. good conversation. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, very good. Where does he? Where is he a professor at? Um, Oklahoma Baptist University. Is that right? Okay. It's in Oklahoma and it's a Baptist university. And I think it's Oklahoma Baptist university. Let's go with that. Let's go with Oklahoma. Baptist. <laughs> We're going to keep I it like simple it. on this one. Absolutely. I mean, Chad, I would say there might be one or two things that might drive you a little crazy, but I won't mention those on the air. Dude, really? So, you know, this gentleman, Ron, I just from social media. Okay. Interesting. You won't mention them on the air. Everybody has to, like, look, if somebody doesn't drive Ted a little nuts, then then yeah. they're not even human. Exactly. I just think the thing that, again, man, he's a cool dude. One yeah. of the things in particular that drives me a little cuckoo, I think might drive you slightly cuckoo. That's yeah. Oh, and you're not going to tell me what it is. You're just saying. Of course like, not, because oh. I like Alan, because he's a cool dude. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So this, just to be clear, this is not like Ronnie talking about Alan Noble this way is not the way Ted talks about Kirk Cousins for our sports listeners. <laughs> this isn't like a like an no ugly backstory. This is about, just like so a just quirky thing. So yeah, it's a quirky. It's not a nemesis situation. No, certainly not. Certainly not. All right, dude. I'm pulling up his. I'm going to pull up his Twitter feed and see if I can ascertain what you're talking about. 
Um, I'll do that while Piper's giving the second promo. Right. Read, the second I'll, I'll promo, we will. Uh, we can. We can hit hard and fast. Um, unlike the way the Vikings hit the Bills last week. Uh, well, why don't we just keep talking about Alan Noble the rest of the? <laughs> True. Our Dude, first we can topic, make this the topic, Alan Noble. Alan episode. Noble. So, Dude, yeah. like that guy from Florida with, with the mansions. He's, he's no Frank we, McKinney. He doesn't Frank deserve McKinney, that much Frank McKinney, thank you. I always forget his name. It's, it's hard to remember him. a name like Frank McKinney. It sounds, you know, it sounds like your plumber. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So our second sponsor is Noah's Event Venues. We've had them on for a few weeks. We will have them for a few more. So if you already know all the spiel, skip forward a minute or two, although you're going to miss Ted uh, trolling Twitter. So maybe you don't want to do that. So Noah's Event Venue is a company that has – multiple venues across the country, most, most major metro areas that they will rent out to for events, but they have a specific service for churches looking for a place to meet church plants, churches starting new campuses, churches, churches looking to expand or move. And it's kind of an all things included. So they include all of your audiovisual needs. They have all your chairs. They have classroom space. They have areas for childcare that are, you know, set up with you know, good setup for safety and check-in and all those things. Uh, they have parking lots, which Ronnie struggled to comprehend a couple weeks ago. Um, but that's a place where one can park cars, probably also fix gear bicycles. They, they might even have places to plug in your electric car if you're so inclined. Um, but if you go to noahaeventvenue.com slash church, you can check it all out, find out pricing, find out where they're located. Um, but if you're in a church that's looking for a new location to meet, check them out, noeventvenue.com slash church. Back to you, Ted. What did you ascertain from the Twitter feed? Okay, I've, I've got a couple things. So uh, I'm going to say what I think they are, and, and Ron, you can you can respond however you would like. But I'll respond off there. Yeah, so it's either the political stuff. Okay, no reaction. Boy, really off air. All the yeah, way off really, air. really off air. We're, we're, he was serious about that. It's the political stuff or the like self-promoting like retweets of nice things that people have said about him on the internet. Am I am I in the ballpark, Ron? Just give me like a like a like a yes or no. Two two coughs is yes. Yeah, no cough coughs, twice for yes. No coughs is no. Cough twice if I'm in the ballpark. Political and or self-promotional retweets. Baby, I got. I'm doing something with my thumb right now, so I'll I'll let you know which way I pointed it up or down off the air. Okay, text me. Text Boy, me. This is like a double secret passcode. Dude, this is so secret. Also, like, I, are we a fan of that book cover? I'm looking at the uh, cover. Of the book. I'm not. I am not. Yeah, I'm not either. But he had nothing to do with that. That's not Alan's fault. That's that's all the publisher. But uh, but anyway, you should still buy the book. Uh, Disruptive witness IVP. Uh, boys, we should get into our topics. This is one of those uh, one of those apps where like the the promo reads are engulfing the episode itself. Um, Piper's promo reads are such a main event that like I feel like we don't even need a show at this point. It could just be all commercials. <laughs> just do do a promo episode. Yeah, we could just do all promos. But um, I, I want to talk about other tweets, Piper, because I'm on social media right now. I mean, I'm not on it, but uh, I'm looking at it. And you texted us a tweet thread about people like pastors, I assume like reformed pastors going ahead and like changing the words to worship songs to make them more theologically correct. Right. And, uh, I just wondered what you guys think of this. Like there's a part of me that thinks, um, even if a song is crappy, you shouldn't change the lyrics because you didn't write them to begin with and it's not your song. Um, but the like 10% of me that is an arrogant reformed douche, thinks like 
it's okay that they changed the wording. So uh, I want to I want to get wisdom from you, gentlemen. Right, so, um, so to, to help listeners understand, just to kind of get you in the headspace of what we're talking about, I have here a tweet by an unnamed reformed pastor who I actually had dinner with a couple nights ago, uh, who's a really cool guy, but he does the thing that kind of drives me nuts. So yeah. he says, uh, there's, a, there's a song called What a Beautiful Name. Um, Ted, if you do it, you could sing it for us. I know you'd be up for that, but... I don't know it, or I would sing it. Totally they probably would. don't sing it at your church because it doesn't have 13 verses. Um, exactly. It's not the longest thing ever. Right. <laughs> And so the the original line is, you don't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. They Mm. change it to, heaven was complete without us, but Jesus, you (laughs) brought heaven down. So Uh they they just, that's their modification of the line, because typical of all Reformed people, anything that implies um, that God really likes us, must be looked the worst at with thing. side eye. Yeah. Correct. It's yes, that the- we must look askance at God desiring to spend time with humans. Dude, I don't know about you, Pi, but like, I would love to be a fly on the wall in these meetings where the first guy brings it up. Like, well, actually, reform guys are the ultimate well, actually guys. They, they've they've made a profession out of being well, actually guys. And uh, I, I would just love to be in that like meeting that would probably include like the worship pastor, the main pastor, maybe a couple of socias. And they're going around the table looking at these lyrics going, yeah, I just have some real concerns, you know. Here's here's the way I envision it. So I didn't even picture a meeting about the lyrics. I pictured like a service planning meeting where, you know, the worship pastors, you know, the preacher's like, we're going to go through this text because, you know, it's going to be half of a verse. It's part of a 7,000-part series on the Gospel of Mark. And yeah. uh, and the worship leader goes, great, good to know the verse, kind of what's your sermon outline, picks the songs. Here's the songs that we're thinking about doing. They fit in in this way. Um Pastor looks at the songs and goes, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then like 45 minutes before service, pastor goes to the guy who's running the, the you know, PowerPoint the, guy. The, the pro presenter. Yeah, the guy who's yeah, running the slides yeah. and says, hey, you need to swap out slide number three that we, we just made a modification to that song. Worship pastor doesn't even know. Like that's Dude, just – see, I, I envision like the arrogant reformed pastor doing like 90s movie computer hacking. And he like hacks into the to the PowerPoint feed and like changes the lyrics himself. He changes it. He's, he's got some empty it's canisters. Like, it's like, like Ferris Bueller fixing his yeah. his uh, absences or something. Exactly. He's got some like empty Chinese takeout containers around him, and it's dark, and you can see the reflection of like the '90s like green computer screen on his face, and he's just changing those lyrics right and left. You know, Ron, you're you're the only one ostensibly. I don't know what your background is, Piper, but I can say without question that I've never written a song and uh, Piper, you've probably never written a song. Ron has written. I never have. I, I too have modified lyrics to songs, but not for such a wholesome purpose. Yeah. I've done it just for, for humorous purposes, but uh, <laughs> big R you've written actual songs. How tweaked would you be if somebody like manipulated the lyrics to one of your songs? Oh dude. Um, man, I literally could care less. I mean, I really? yeah, they could do whatever they want. Um, to my songs, yeah. I don't so know. Ron's songs are basically, they're like the Wikipedia of songs. They're open source songs. Totally, totally. Yeah. I just i just want you to sing them. You can do whatever you want with them. Just sing them. Oh, man. Just that opens them. up a world of possibilities, Piper. It does, does it, it does. Does it have anything, like, it, does the motivation behind it matter? You know, are they, they look at it and they go, ugh, this could be so much better, or ugh, what a heretic. You know, does that, like, that wouldn't chap your hide at all? 
Well, okay, so if it was like a worship song, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't re- I haven't released any worship songs yet, so I, I haven't had that experience with that. But um, no, even then, I wouldn't care. I literally wouldn't care. I've just never cared about stuff like that. See, really? my, my problem with stuff like this yeah. is that the, the only instances I can think of, of course, this is because I'm in the, the world of uh, white reformdom, is white reformed people take, taking lyrics that have perfectly acceptable theology that you can look at and go, I totally understand what that means. That's cool. And changing it to be something that's like the 13th point of Calvinism or something. You know, it's just <laughs> they, they get so particular about it. Like, the idea yeah. that you didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Like that's not incorrect. Yeah, if but God had wanted be... heaven without us, he wouldn't have sent Jesus down. So, so, so that line <laughs> is correct. So yeah, correct, but, it could, it but it's, be... a, it's a it's a bad line anyway, though. It's like that's not a great line. No, well, yes, it's a cheesy that's... line anyway. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Now runs onto the thing that if you're going to rewrite a song, fix the poetry. Like fix the cheesiness. Like, like half yeah. of the Sovereign Grace songs out there should be rewritten so that the lyrics fit the meter. But mm-hmm. but that's a separate issue. That's an artistry issue, not a not a theology issue. The, we're, they're talking about like you know we we thought it was just it was open to interpretation, so we decided to fine tune it so that it was like sledgehammer lyrics could not be misinterpreted no matter what. Okay, so I so I would take upins to that. So here's the thing. So I. I don't, anybody could do whatever they want to my song. It doesn't mean I would like them, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, I was, if I was ever sitting in a church, one of my songs popped up, and like the chorus was like edited, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, at least they're singing my song. It doesn't mean that I would like, because I would look at the guy and I would think, oh, you're that guy. You're that guy that fine-tooth combed this thing to yeah. the point of taking a lyric that I would consider to be orthodox, and but it didn't, like, it didn't, it didn't fit the agenda, right? Yeah. But like, so from my standpoint, though, man, I like, I just would never do that. I just wouldn't play the song if I didn't like the lyric. Like, I would never imagine the, to change the to change the lyric. I would just be like, yeah. oh, I just don't want to do that song. Like, right. I wouldn't like think, oh, it's open. It's like it's like open source for like editing and reinterpretation. I would never think that. I and so, what like, is it about like, the reformed guy mindset that thinks? It's perfectly fine for me to change the lyrics to a song that somebody else wrote. Like, what's going on there? Because they, again, I, okay, let's open the can of worms. Because yeah. again, it's like because it's a song, and it it goes all the way. You know, it, it kind of takes us through the last couple of decades where music in general, just people don't think they should have to pay for it. People sure. think that they can edit it. They, yeah. they don't really. They don't really view it as being like an artistic. They have a low view of it. They have a like, low, in the same way that like, it. yeah, a reformed pastor wouldn't like hack into another reformed pastor's bloviating white paper and like change paragraphs, you know? Right. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. take, right. You wouldn't like, you wouldn't, no, the, right. they would write their own bloviating white paper in response. <laughs> That's true. Of course. But I mean, would. you wouldn't take somebody's like painting, hang it up in your church, grab some brushes and go, I don't like that shade of blue. Let me darken that yeah. up a little bit. The guy in that painting needs a mustache. <laughs> you know, he would look better with a mustache. So it's Although, just weird though with music though, for some reason, because people are reinterpreting music. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what it is, because what you're doing is when you're playing a song, you're not playing it exactly how it was written. Is it even music. legal to do this? Like, you know, there's like the CCLI. Like every, I, I, when churches use songs written by somebody else, they're supposed to be money changing hands. And, you know, it, in terms of. It, yeah. In terms of how, mechanical you, royalties. Yeah. Yeah. They just royalties, et cetera. Is it even legal to do this? I don't I don't I don't, I don't, I don't know how that question. works. I, I think as long I think if, as long as you give the artist 
at the end of the day, if the artist gets credit and they get their money um, and you have a lyric on a screen that's not being republished or sold for profit, it probably doesn't matter. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm I shooting just, in the dark, but I think yeah. that's probably accurate. I, I will say for this song, that's the only bad line in the song. And by bad, I mean artistically clunky and apparently not up to reformed snuff theologically. But uh, <laughs> the rest of the song is pretty fantastic. That it, I don't know. I just looked at it. This, this example stood out to me because I was like, you changed something that was to, you know, to fit a distinct theological framework. You didn't change like heresy to orthodoxy for the sake of a song. And that, and I don't think most reformed people would do that. I think they would generally be like, yeah, that's heresy. We don't sing that, you know? Well, yeah. dude, yeah. What about, yeah. Okay. So let's just bring it like, let's just bring it out. Let's just drop it down another rung, man. So like, what if somebody like, what if somebody like quoted one of you guys during their sermon and they took like a paragraph and they rewrote like one of the sentences cause they didn't like it. <laughs> Uh, from one of your books funny. like you would just yeah. think like that's outrageous like, well, my, like, my dad built an entire th- theology about doing that to the westminster confession of faith so so i guess it doesn't matter that <laughs> it runs in the family for piper it's, yeah that's i know true. i mean like the opening comment didn't he change like a, a word right so yeah what was it it was uh the chief end of man is to glorify god and enjoy him forever and he changed it to glorify god by enjoying it forever now granted he didn't modify the confession but he just said you know, basically it would be more accurate if, or it would be, yeah. it would be stated better if, and yeah. that's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, people do that all the time. They take a quote and they're like, they, they modify it to be something else. And again, as long as you're giving the person credit in that case, it's kind of like, it's more just interacting with an idea. The song thing just amuses me mainly because of the, because reformed people never improve the song. That's what it is. They just <laughs> they just sort of theologically they just point it at this tiny bullseye. That's all they that's all they do. They don't they don't really improve the poetry of it. it it's not it's just sort of a, a net a net uh, neutral move, I think. Dude, I wanna yeah, I wanna confend, yeah. I wanna commend this reformed gentleman for doing one thing though. Um, he didn't add another couple verses. Because I feel like the reformed answer to everything is just make it longer. Um, that's another John, that's that. another John Piper special. They did that at <laughs> what was it, the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference, and people got all ticked about it. He wrote two additional verses for. Oh yeah, was yeah. it "Great Is Thy Faithfulness"? Great is thy yeah, faithfulness. Yeah. My worship guy just brought that to the table a few weeks. Dude, ago. don't been sing those verses. Me to talk about that for weeks. Don't yeah. sing those verses, and here's why: that's not what the hymn is about. He he wrote. My dad wrote two verses about how we're miserable sinners and God is a great you know savior, uh-huh. which is perfectly true that's yeah. not what great is thy faithfulness is about when you read it verse by verse let's go on record right now the son of johnny p just said do not sing my dad's lyrics it needs more misery in it though to make it truly reformed it has to be well, more that's the thing, like, but, but the verses he wrote are like they're like sort of we are lower than dust we are the scum of the uh-huh. earth we are the gum on the bottom of your shoe and great is your faithfulness kind of thing yeah, yeah. Uh, and and but that's not the tone or the aim of the hymn. Great is thy faith. I know that's like the classic. It's like the classic like Thanksgiving turkey praise song, man. Great yeah, it like really is, dude. I mean, dude, but but self loathing is very much at the core of everything that we're about as reformed men. It has to be. Well, even even this lyric change, <laughs> heaven was complete without us, but you brought heaven down. Is like we didn't have any place there. We we yeah. we do yeah. not matter. 
Again, right. there's, there's theologically, I would agree with this line as well as the verses that my dad wrote. I, exactly. I, I'm exactly. just not sure it's the time or place. Right, right. And, well, uh, Piper, maybe the time or place is the garment industry, the fashion industry, which we are a part of now. Um, I don't know if our audience knows this, but we are fashion tycoons in that we have uh, our very own missional wear, happy rant clothing and, and apparel line. Uh, so if you visit missional, it is, it is a line of one style of t-shirt. That's right. By a line, it's very minimalist. I mean, one style of t-shirt with one logo. Uh, we have lots of other ancillary products. You know, they can get a uh, a pint glass to drink all manner of non-alcoholic beverages from. Uh, they can get coasters. Uh, what else do we have? We have uh, moleskin journals. Moleskin all kinds journals. Of... There are uh, there are stickers. <clears throat> there yeah. are uh, toddler sized Yeti tumblers. Gigantic. Yes. There are two sizes of, of Yeti Tumblr. There's the there's the I want a bucket of something, and then there's the I want half a bucket of something. Um, yeah. Let's see. I think did we we mentioned there there are a variety of ceramic mugs. Um, yeah. there, there might be a couple other things thrown in there. I can't keep track of all of it. There's just it's the, it's an extensive way, line these, of swag. Yeah. These are products that you cannot edit. So when you That's buy right. half yeah, brand you products, you, you get them home. And you don't get to you don't get to change anything about it. you don't get to change the name of our podcast. It's you not like a hymn to, that's existed for four thousand right, years. You have to own it. You, you, have it. To just, yeah. you have to enjoy it for what it is. It's not like great is thy faithfulness, which really right. is just open right. to additions and subtractions. But right. you wear a happy rent T-shirt to TGC Women's Conference, man. You just wear it as is. That's right. Yeah, you, you really do. But there's another thing that you could wear to TGC Women's Conferences, boys, and uh, that is. Destiny Truth Pants. So, uh, Piper, you sent us the link to uh, a story, and the story is about uh, a church that I wasn't familiar with. So, you're going to have to like lay this on us. And I know Ron is not up to speed on this show prep wise, but um, they are using Christian, like Christiany tarot cards, and they now have Christiany tarot card stretch pants, which uh, just seems astonishing to me. So, Piper, uh, lay a bit of this on us. Yeah, so the church is Bethel Church, which I'm I'm only vaguely familiar with, but they so Bethel does two things that they're well known for. One is they have they're sort of in the um the Hillsong arena when it comes to like creating worship music and apparently they've done some great songs and then just qualitatively they 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 put out some really good stuff. So there's that side of things. But then on the theology side, they're just they're just a little sort of crazy prophetic. Um mm-hmm outside the bounds of what any of our listeners would be comfortable with and not just the reformed people. So, uh, look, well, so here's the, the title of the article is Bethel stretching the truth with <laughs> destiny pants. Nice. So let me just read a few sentences. So Ron, this is going to be your introduction to both Bethel and destiny pants and probably a number of other concepts that you've never given any consideration to. Sweet. So here we go. <laughs> Recently, Bethel pastor and Christ alignment tarot reader extraordinaire Teresa oh Dedman came. That's a thing. Yeah, hang hang in there. It gets better. <laughs> Dead Teresa Dedman came out in defense of destiny tarot card readings. Many Christians are rightly exposing Dedman's Bible twisting to justify her occultic tarot card practices. Her bizarre meanderings in defense of her destiny card divination practices are just as frivolous as her destiny pants. This is not satire. All right, now here is the description of destiny pants, Ron. So, hold on. 
Does your fashion release the love of God? Do your pants enhance awareness of God's presence or give people heavenly <laughs> encounters? If your clothes are not doing this, then you need Teresa Deadman's destiny pants. Ron's pants may do that, though. <laughs> do Ron's pants give people heavenly encounters? I, I feel like Dude, that's the thing. We, given, given the number of fallen leaders, we try not to give people encounters with our pants. Isn't that oh how my gosh. Is? I mean, oh. I got to be Alan Noble silent on this one, and I just can't say anything. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so. Dude, it's have... like old Ron. It's like old politic Ron today. Yeah. Dude, ask my wife about my pants. That's all I have to say. I didn't bring yeah. up the stuff they'd gotten you texted before. You should be fine. <laughs> Exactly. I want to know what Christ Alignment Tarot Reader Extraordinaire means. That Oh, man, yeah. I would, so many questions at this point. Dude, that is – I mean that is playing so – I mean, dude, that is playing so fast and loose, man. I mean that's just like Christian witchcraft. Like is that, yeah. is that what's popping up? <laughs> Seriously. It's like, no, dude, we found a way to redeem witchcraft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, cool. like, the, like the death tarot card is Christ on the cross or something like that. Right. It just It's I, actually I, Frank McKinney on the cross. <laughs> it's, it's the other thief. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, that's just insane, man. Christian witchcraft. I always dreamt that maybe someday somebody would come up some some possible way to redeem witchcraft because I've always just had a passing fancy for it, but now I feel like I found it. Thank you. Passing Pat. fancy. You know what? Yeah, now you can really you can, can really indulge that. So I, I was digging a little deeper into what exactly are Destiny Pants, um, and they have a number of, of their products listed here with descriptions. Would you guys care to hear some of them? Dude, absolutely. So they have a, a, a Dancing Waters prophetic art legging, and the uh, the prophetic meaning of these pants. So the pants apparently have a prophetic meaning. Um, they're essentially uh, yoga pants that look like they were, they were made by Jackson Pollock. Um, heaven's reflection mirrors the beauty of dancing colors where light and shadows play upon the colors of the sky and water let this image take you into another place where the eternal touches earth while these pants hug your legs dude who takes that seriously man not us (laughs) (laughs) not us i mean seriously like who reads i want to talk about like who reads that and goes Dude, yeah, you know, like I want. Yeah, that's like, speaking my language. Like, like, what, do they take, what, how do I pay? Can I get this on Amazon? You know, like, oh, this this one takes the cake. The veins of glory, prophetic art leggings. Like, uh, I, aren't people usually trying to hide the veins in their legs? Um, yeah. So Jesus' blood has won the victory. Stand in agreement with what He paid for, and let His glory manifest in your life. These pants are stylish, durable, and a hot fashion staple because that's what Jesus died for. These leggings are made of a comfortable microfiber yarn. Who wants yarn pants? And they'll never lose their stretch. So the veins of glory pants are so that you can live in the glory of Christ in hot, stylish, tight pants. Yeah. Wow. Man, all these years we've just been... You know, we've just been walking around in pants. We've been ignorant. Yeah, we've been moleskins and t-shirts. Where this is where we went wrong, guys. Dude, so Bethel's gone Christian witchcraft, man. I want to talk about that, man. (laughs) Bethel music has literally gone like redemptive witchcraft. Dude, who is this Bethel music? Like, how seriously do we take them? Oh, dude, well, Bethel's huge, man. So Bethel Bethel music is is, yeah, Yeah, it's massive. It's wow. It's yeah. It's I mean, it's one of the two. It's like. They're probably one of the two biggest contemporary worship sort of produ- producers out there in terms of just sort of contemporary worship music. 
And they don't have anybody in their operation to shut this down, to say, you know what, we're not going to do Christian Tarot stretch pants. That's a, that's a hard no. Well, it seems weird, man, because it's like, I wonder, I mean, I hate even saying this, but I wonder if it's like been something sort of like quasi-successful, which is why it, it hasn't gotten shut down. Well, there's, Dude, always, yeah, there's always been a disconnect. I mean... It, what you're touching on now is something that you see all over the place, like Elevation Church, where our favorite Stephen Furtick is pastor. They put out some amazing worship stuff. We know for a fact there's not that much amazing coming out of the pulpit. And uh, it, same, same thing at Hillsong, by and large, the same thing at, at Bethel. I mean, Bethel is like way off. Like they're off the deep end. But somehow the... Maybe it's just what works, but like what works in worship... Generally falls in the, the the realm of orthodoxy. Apparently, what works in the pulpit, uh, dude, I know, you can go just about anywhere. It's so true, though, because like Bethel makes, I mean, Bethel makes Hillsong look re- practically reformed. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like their theology, right? So it's kind of crazy. But like that's another thing, man. Because like, why do we? Maybe I'm rabbiting here, but like, it, it's funny that like we're okay. And I think Bob Bobby K actually wrote about this a few weeks ago. But like this, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. BK. Bobby. Bobby so, Kayla. Is that Bobby Knight? Yeah, Bobby Knight. Bob, he uh, I, from was, I wasn't aware that he was now writing for Gospel Coalition. That's cool. But he. Uh, but like this whole. I want to get your guys' take on this, man, because it's kind of a. It's kind of a weird thing. Like we're okay with singing some Bethel songs if their lyrics are all legit, but like we would never. We'd never, you know, vouch for their theology. Like why? Why do we? Like why is it okay? Hmm. I think because right. I think because nobody pays attention to where songs come from when we sing them. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's, it's just, when when you when you sing a song at a church, pretty pretty much people are like the worship leader led us in a song. So the song is just sort of a standalone thing, which is probably also why people think they can jack around the lyrics on songs. But like it's just it's 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 like a, it's our thing. In a corporate worship context, it's not anybody else's thing. So yeah, they wrote it, they produced it, they sold it. But once we bought it and we sing it, you know, we can change, we can change the tune, we can change the tempo, we can change the lyrics, and nobody really cares where it came from, unless it's a really, really well-known individual. Like people might peg a Chris Tomlin song or something, but but in general, I don't even think people think about it. Yeah. Man, this is this is crazy. It just uh, it opens up a world of possibilities. I think. Um, I, I and don't you, don't you guys think that uh, in the reformed world, especially in the world of like reformed women's fashion, we would we would eschew the even the idea of stretch pants anyway. I was gonna in, say in these, the, these are all they're yeah. they're like they're yoga pants, they're, which is yeah. and, and leggings, which are dude. Um, reformed ladies aren't walking around in yoga pants. I'm sorry, not a thing, right? It, Oh, absolutely, they are, but they're also getting frowned at by many others. But uh, that's it, true. It, it the, the the very style of pants was a big enough issue a couple of years ago where there was like an article written in Christianity Today about sort of should women be wearing these, and that's not the Gospel Dude, Coalition. Really? That's Christianity Today, which is like evangelical neutral. That's wow. amazing. Wow. I can't believe they did a yoga pants piece, man. That's that's uh, that's fascinating. It was a bad month, man. They were short on material, big T. <laughs> but you know what? But you you know how many clicks that thing got? Oh, I bet. I, I mean, bet it was it a huge. It was a huge traffic driver. 
Yeah, for sure. I want I want Joe Carter to write nine reasons why you know Destiny pants are evil, and have the first four of them can be mostly about just yoga pants themselves. I just want him to wade into these waters. That would make me so yoga, happy. Well, it'd be, it'd be all, it'd actually just be an article on yoga. I, I mean, that would be that would be the yeah, gist y- of the yoga is demonic. Would be point one. Yoga pants are demonic. That would be point two. <laughs> Don't believe in destiny. Point three. Yeah, yeah. I just the oh, this is destiny. this is such a great description. I'm just I'm just scrolling scrolling this article about destiny pants. Just I'm enthralled. Dude, who does their marketing copy? That's that's who we need to like partner with. Yeah, I know. I, I, think... I, I want people to have a, a prophetic encounter with with uh, sarcasm or something like that. But they they call this a walking encounter of heaven's message to those around you. That's what yeah, these people I mean, wow. bring, a walking encounter of heaven's message to those around you. That's really solid. You know, that's really, really solid. Is is this just like the new Lord's Gym t-shirt? You know, like totally. I get to witness without totally. saying anything. And was in Lord's the process, Gym I get to product? show off my nice glutes. I mean, was that actually a best? I mean, what, <laughs> what product was the Lord's Gym t-shirt series? That's what I want to know. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, like, was that a Bethel product, Lord's Gym? Oh, no. The, I mean, that that's from, like, when I was a kid. You know, it was like the – it was – those those were – you know, it was like the uh, – it was like all the Christian T-shirts that were – they showed, like, a ripped Jesus doing push-ups with a cross on his back, and it said Lord's Gym and stuff like that. It just – it was ones where you could sort of – the idea was you can be a witness without ever saying anything because your shirt will do right. the talking for you. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I had one of those. So did I. Lord's Gym had led a lot of people to the Lord, guys. Yeah, somebody on. somebody got it for me, and I don't think I wore it very much. But, uh, think about but those, I did have. The thing about those is, every time you make fun of them, there's one person who has a story of like the totally. one guy who got saved because he asked about that shirt. Dude, yeah, and that basically like makes it a thing that we can't make fun of. You know what I mean? Uh, it hadn't the, stopped us before. No, it really hasn't stopped <laughs> us before. To, to be fair, the guy's already saved. We're good. We okay, well, he's already saved. Here's a question. Here's a question. Yeah, yeah, lay it on us. Because there is a product that God can potentially use to save somebody, does that <laughs> justify it as being a product? Because God, uh, God can use anything, right? So, I mean, does that justify it? Even if the product is otherwise dumb, right? Of course. Or just any product. But I mean, if yeah. if that is the case, I'm going to go hunting for testimonies of all of like the, just whatever substances people have been high on when they met God and be like, see, they met God while they were doing heroin. Should it be legal? And just see, you know, I feel like right. that might undermine the, the premise of the argument a little bit. That's true. That's true. I get what you're I get what you're like going for there. Big R, though, like, does it does it justify the product? that somebody could like come to know the Lord as a result. Yeah. Because I remember, so like back in the nineties, early two thousands, that was like the heyday of all of the take like products. Yeah. Yeah. The Burger King logo and like tweak it and put something Christian on it. And they would sell Mm -hmm. all the festivals in the summer that I was playing at. Right. And it was just, it was just so embarrassing, you know? And I remember like talking to some of the people that would run the booths and just say, so what, you know, what's the vibe here? Like, what, what are you guys aiming at? And obviously Mm -hmm. they're aiming at like selling a lot of t-shirts, but, um, but it was just um, it, it got like so distasteful and even like and even that kind of like just like weirdly, you know, almost like blasphemous and really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, of, yeah. Some of the stuff they're re- retweaking and you're just like, man, I feel I feel weird about that. And, you know, and they're just looking at you all like seven kids, you know, are you know buying the shirt. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. My yeah, favorite no. of all time is the uh, <clears throat> it, it was a Heineken logo. Except instead of Heineken, it said him within 
and that was the whole shirt. And uh, that for me was sort of the, I mean, that was like the, the quintessential, okay, this, if there was a question whether or not these were helpful, that sealed the deal that they're definitively not. <laughs> Dude, the only it, one I, I can There's probably is a... some sort of uh, copyright or, or trademark infringement there too. Do you guys remember the uh, the one that sticks out to me? The only one I can remember is the Budweiser one that was this blood's for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. An all-timer. So bad. I mean, so ridiculous, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Boys, we uh, we have run out of time. I uh, I have to go and I have to coach football. I could I could talk about '90s Christian products all day though, and uh, who wouldn't want to do that? Be a future episodes. Well, yeah, we'll have to get to our third hard hitting topic uh, at a later time. I think listeners that one... should tweet at us just images of their favorite Christian T-shirts, and maybe we can just sort of sort through them on a future episode. So, Christian products, just send us the images via Twitter or Facebook. We either one's great. Um, and uh, and we can we can compile them into future conversations. I like it, Pipe. I like it a lot, boys. We have uh, we have done what we always do in this program. We have wandered to and fro throughout these uh, to and far, to and fro. How have I been saying it? By the way, to and far that was Trogue's thing. Yeah, to and far uh, was because Trogue struggled with phrases. Uh, to and yeah, yeah, to and fro is correct, and that's how you to usually and fro say is it. correct, and that's yeah. how I usually say it. But yeah, I, I introduced doubt there for a minute. We've wandered to and fro throughout these topics. And until next time, Rachel beheld Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.